following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Update. I'm your host, Tony Harper, and I have in the studio again with me, Dave Clark. Good morning, everybody. All right. So today's episode, what we're going to discuss is kind of like sci-fi plots and basically the universe is where they're at. We're not going to go too detail of like the plot itself. It's more about like the plot setup, like where are they at? Where are they going to have this story take place type of thing what type of future what type of history what type of you know the plot devices i should say Ooh, mcguffins all right but as usual we're going to start off with the news um you're going to have to forgive me a little bit uh i had some uh, a lot of work days in a row here so i did not get a chance to go through my news and comb all my stories as i normally would so i got a few things to start off with and then we are going to cover the Hugo Award nominees right before oh, we go into our meat and potatoes for this episode. So, uh, recently released Lego Star Wars game just released on April 5th. Mm, uh, loving it. Are you? Yes, I am. Oh, see, uh, Matt was just talking to me about it, too, and and he's thoroughly enjoying the game, too. I have not. Oh, uh, you got to play it. Um, play. It it's, looks fun. But I just haven't had a chance to play, man. Have you played a lot of the Lego games by Traveler's Tales? I've played some of them, not a lot. I've, like, I've played the Indiana Jones. I've played oh, a couple of... Indy was good. I liked Indiana Jones. Uh, but mostly those are kind of like kids-geared, and I let my kids play it. I don't play it too much. Oh, you're missing out. They are generally a younger generation's game, yes, but they have so many in jokes and so many adult dirty stuff. jokes. But they got they got yeah, a lot I of some of that stuff. Uh, Gameplay is fun, but they changed up their format just a little bit. Really? So in their previous iterations, the games have been like very long single boards, and then just kind of minor like overworld in between the boards to get to the different things. Now you're always in that overworld. And then you seamlessly, well, basically seamlessly step into the game board and, and play that individual level. Uh, and it's much less jarring. There's no like, oh, I ran, no, no, I'm not. So yeah. it's not like you're setting up this brand new Lego area where it's kind of like, what is it? you've seen the Lego movie, right? Yes. So it's like you're hopping from one little Lego board thing that you set up to another type of Lego world type uh, thing. Yeah, I mean, you, you can literally go from one planet to another and things like that in different areas on different planets. Uh, but it, it's just less, it's more intuitive, less, less. I'm playing here, and I'm playing here. Side-scroller type thing, because that's yeah, what oh, I was kind of thinking about with the Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, like they took all of that out. It is now fully 360. You can do, you can go any direction you want. The only thing is, you can't tilt the camera up too high. 
Okay. Uh, which I'm assuming is just a programming thing so they don't have to, you know, so they can save memory and allow for textures on the ground. And things I like hear that it's a big file for that game, too. Uh, I'm playing it on Xbox. Okay. Uh, and it is 36 gig, so... It's not too big. It's reasonable. Matt was mentioning he was playing it on Switch, though. So 36 gig is kind of Oh, big. 36 on, on Switch is going to crush it. <laughs> yeah. Pretty big file on the Switch. Now the uh, I'm also playing Tiny Tina's Wonderland. You see, my kids are bugging me to get that game, and I wanted to get it. I just haven't get it. And it's, it's like I said, I've been doing a 12-day work stretch. Like, I just haven't had time to do much this but week. They went out of their way to make it early teen. So they took out the language. They took out. Really? Yeah, they did. Uh, but they made it fun when they did that. Okay. So I mean, I mean, they are the ones that did Borderlands, and that was fun. And but they were some what they did with language it, choices and stuff in there. They they made so they did bleeps on some of it. Okay. But okay. the bleeps are fun. Okay. So uh, there's not a lot of reoccurring characters, which I found kind of strange. Interesting. Uh, there are a few. I, I've already made it all the way through the game. Uh, I've played a bunch of the end game content. Uh, and it hasn't gotten boring yet. Right. Uh, but there's a section in there where a reoccurring character who has, we'll say, salty language <laughs> uh, is in there. And I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but it's super early in the game. So it's not, or it's reasonably early in the game. It's not going to be too much of a spoiler. But he plays a loot. And because uh, it's, you know, fantasy based. The. Uh, Every time he goes to swear, the loot string breaks or things like that. They, they they're just playing. <laughs> oh. they, they, they did a lot of fun with it. Oh, nice! That's great. I like that. All right. Um, so speaking about games, Fortnite is looking like they're going to get both an Indiana Jones skin and a da- Darth Vader skin. Well, uh, as I mentioned before, I'm not a Fortnite fan. But I'm glad to see they're getting an Indiana Jones skin. That's a good. That's a good tie-in with the last. I topic. might play as Darth Vader. I kind of like uh, both of those characters. I always feel bad when I'm playing Darth Vader, not because I feel like I'm not good enough. Oh, That's really? The, so like, uh, you're not evil enough, type of thing? Oh, or? oh no! Everyone who knows me knows I'm evil enough. <laughs> uh, I'm not James Earl Jones enough. Ah, uh, right. Like, Mr. Clark, here's your Darth Vader suit. I'd be like, can I play like I don't know Kylo? I mean, I need someone to step down. <laughs> Kylo was a little cheesy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Picard season three sees all the actors return for the show. Wow. Every one of them? Every one of them that was currently on it. Um, nice. Returned uh, back for season three. So I finished season one. Uh, I didn't get, I'm starting season two I'm this week. I'm still only in episode 10. Like I started episode 10, it kind of pissed me off and I just put it down. Okay. Because that's right where they were at Data's little world planet thing and that the, Androids decided, oh no, they're going to go hog wild and kill freaking humans, and I'm like, oh, it kind of pissed me off. Well, that's just that's a repeat of what happened before in the story. I mean, that's that's how that's how the whole uh, banning of of Android brain, yeah. brains came along. So, uh, did you? Uh, I shouldn't ask this because it might be in your notes. Uh, did you see that uh, they're bringing Noonien soon into uh, the new Star Trek? Strange New Worlds? I did see that they were doing a lot of that, um, but I, I didn't really cover that in here because I couldn't find an article that was more or less not like a repeat of something like this. No no meat? Yeah, there was not, not a whole lot of meat to it, so I didn't really read on. Just letting it go. Yeah, Just I, know, it go. I know. I know. I <laughs> know. 
Size matters. Let's go. <laughs> Good thing, too. All right. Uh, what do I got on here? Outer Range is going to be a new um, show on Amazon Prime. Okay. And it's kind of the way they described it in the article was Cowboys versus X Files type of thing. Um, and so yeah, that's, it's that sounds a little uh, not Firefly versus, but it, it's not Firefly, so it's not set in that kind of like future thing. It's more like on Earth here, and there's a giant hole that opens up. I mean, you can see from the picture for the thing, giant hole that opens up in this. Uh, cowboys kind of like range or whatever something like that so cowboys versus goes, aliens the movie yeah i don't know fully okay um uh, starts april 15th so i like uh, cowboys be another I like show aliens. I'll yeah give a shot. should be another show that i kind of would like uh orphan black is getting a spinoff series so orphan black was originally came out in 2013 on like bbc was it that long ago wow yeah uh, so it'll be called Orphan Black Echoes, and it will premiere next year in 2023. I don't actually have a date. There wasn't they missed a whole out. lot of more meat and potatoes on that. It could have been Orphan Black's Orphans for single for single series. I loved Orphan Black. I thought it was a fantastic. I forgot to turn my phone off. I thought it was a fantastic show. Right. Uh, Carrie Yule's. Yeah, good luck. The, the guy from Princess Bride. Yes. I love him in Princess Bride. And Corey Stoll have been added to the cast for Netflix's uh, upcoming Star Wars spinoff called Rebel Moon. Okay, look, goosebumps, ready. Uh, I don't have a release date in there because it wasn't in there, but they are hiring actors. They are about ready to start shooting it. I wonder if they need an unkempt, hairy, fat guy. (laughs) I'm down, I'm ready, I'm a character actor, I'm ready. Right. Um, So, again, it's basically going to be uh, out on the galaxy's edge type of thing and it's not anything that's directly related to the star wars stories as they go through I'm, them i'm ready for something that is not skywalker saga yeah but it, it will have to do with basically that planet and how the rebel thing goes on and kind of i think they're deciding to join the rebel or not join the rebel on this moon that's way out there in the middle of nowhere hey i'm ready land. for something not skywalker uh, let's see. And the last thing I really got are kind of like the Hugo Award stuff. So I left that up on my phone because I wasn't going to write all that down. So Hugo Awards comes out September 4th of this year. Okay. That's when they're actually going to do it. But they nominated uh, who they're going to vote on. It wasn't Will Smith, was it? It wasn't Will Smith's type oh, of thing. All right. No pugilism. Oh, okay. So, best novel, they uh, had 100 or 1,151 ballots or whatever and 443 nominees. So, so, they really limited it down to six. So, and I'm just going to cover best novel and then kind of what they call the, it's basically the movies and series type of things. And we'll, we'll go into that. So, best novel will be A Desolation Called Peace by. Arcade Maritime, through tour. I've never heard of it. Well, they're all new novels, so I mean, or well, right. within a year or two, so it wouldn't be too surprising not to know any of them. Uh, the Galaxy in the Ground Within by Becky Chambers. I've heard of Becky Chambers, and mm. I think I've read something by her, but... I'm so terrible with names. Uh, the Light from Uncommon Stars by Rika Akoi? Aki? I don't know. It's another tour. It's a Japanese name, and I'm... Horrible with names. 
Uh, Master Gin by P. J. Lee Clark. Oh, no relation as far as I know. <laughs> uh, Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. He's somebody else I've read. Yep. Um, Del Rey, and he does a lot of Star Wars stuff, doesn't he? Uh, I think so. Yes. Right. And She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker. Parker Chan, sorry. Shelley Parker Chan. And again, uh, another author I've heard of but have not read through. And I'm going to skip over like the best novel, novellas, novelettes, short stories, best series, best graphic story. It's not because I don't care. It's just because I don't care. <laughs> uh, so best dramatic presentation long form. So this is, again, talking about series and movies and that kind of stuff. Dune. Being their one of them. Oh, oh, the movie version. Okay. Movie version they're of little, Dune. They're a little. They're a little late on. Uh, uh, Encanto, which I just recently saw with the wife oh, um, this it? week. It was very enjoyable. Um, it's not really what I would consider sci-fi, but it's it's definitely fantasy based, um, and it's a very good kids movie type of thing. It's very Disney, very enjoyable. Yeah, the wife the wife I, is showing that this week. Uh, we. We kind of, well, I was away at the hotel room. We kind of watched it together, did a viewing party type of thing, and we watched it long distance together. So that was kind of fun. Uh, the Green Knight, which I have not seen or really heard about. Nothing. Nothing from you? Uh, the Green Knight's a Arthurian, history, or Arthurian uh, legend. Right. I mean, Other there we go. That's it. That's all I know. Congratulations. Yeah. So you knew more than I did. Uh Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which I did see. Uh, that's also on Walt Disney. It's not bad. I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. The uh, mostly. I mean, there's been a there's been a real glut of uh, Korean Chinese uh, TV shows and all that because you know they're trying to hit both markets, right? And I mean, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's one of the most. Asian market is huge. Yes, but I, I think it, it 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 was really designed to help ease this guy into Asian markets. <laughs> hey, he, uh, I, I think that was uh, the problem. I hate that, but yeah, I, I know well, what I you're mean, saying. I am culturally stunted. I get it. <laughs> I, I totally get it. Um, but I think that's what I think that's what failed Cowboy Bebop was that it was very. It was very Asian. I, I don't know if that's like... Really, because what really pissed people off is they tried to Americanize Cowboy Bebop too uh, much. And they really changed the plot line totally in that. Yes. Which also really pissed them. But they Americanized it by changing that plot line. Like I mean, visually. Visually, I loved visually, it. Visually, all very... except for the the episode with like, the the French guy, yes. bad guy, yeah. clown guy. Like yeah, no, no I liked, liked how one. they started it. With him being afraid of dogs and kind of explained how he was afraid of dogs, but I hated when he got to the circus scene from the the movie and like they try to replicate it and I'm like, that's fucking stupid. That's the way it goes sometimes. But I mean, sorry about cussing, but that was dumb. Yeah, he's got an edit button. The, uh, I, I mean, the it was so everything in it was pop cultural wise very Asian, and that market gets it and understands it. They tried to retcon the storyline to make it more Western. But I think us as Westerners, when we look at it, we expect to see a hot dog stand, not a noodle stand, things like that. And I just think it was jarring for, for us. I don't know. 
milky people that we just didn't get. I don't know. Maybe it's because I watch so much anime and that kind of stuff. And, I have no problem and with I'm seeing And I'm absolutely the, sure that's what it is. You're used to it. The noodle stands or anything else like that. It would make sense if that's where it is. And actually, that's another one of those things, which we'll get into later on, dystopian future things, where Japan had actually, not Japan, but China really had became the major player um, for space industry and a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. And there's a couple of them that are like that. As uh, we go forward, did you get a chance to watch Halo? Because I've, that, I've that watched right Halo, and it's similar in Halo too. But I have, I've, I didn't want to cover that fully yet. Okay, I kind of want to do it like day, a, I, no, I want to do a Halo episode. Um, so I don't mind us talking about it, kind of in the generalized terms, like where it's set type of thing. But I don't want to get into the story part of it. I don't also no, want to ruin. Uh, it for but I think it's got the same thing. Uh, it's got that that. Asian dystopian feel to it, yes. Especially that definitely. first episode, yes. And and I think that, I think that just follows right into the same line, and I hope that doesn't end up hurting it. Really, I just... in the American market again, in the Asian market, it, it Fuck makes perfect the American sense. market. I mean, I'd rather not. It would be painful. It's a big. I market. get what you're saying, but but I I really think that's what killed Cowboy Bebop. I mean, one episode of Cowboy Bebop really. I mean, the the French episode just really kind of makes everybody angry. But I hope that doesn't. I hope that doesn't kill it the same way that that. You know. I don't think it will. I think the the story behind that um, is so far is too good. I I'm really enjoying the story. I, so far. I think it's been great. And I so just far. don't want to. I watched ruin it. when we talked about it last, and you said that the, uh, people were annoyed over the Halo uh, Chronicle, and then the TV show is like, ha ha, look, we've changed. No spoilers, and. When I watched it, I was perfectly okay with what they did. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I never played it. Like, I was a huge Halo fan. I liked Halo a little bit, but I wasn't really into first-person shooters at the time that Halo was really, really popular. I just enjoyed playing the game. I didn't follow the story so much. Right. Not like... uh, You didn't play a lot of campaign mode and all that kind of stuff? I just played through it. Okay. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, for me, that's just sit down, shoot, go... You got to have a really good story for me to really, Pay really like to it. Story, right? Like Mass Effect, right. I absolutely love it, uh, and I can't wait for the Mass Effect movies to get, to really come out and start hitting the ground running. All right, let me finish up the Sorry. Hugo Award nominees. Um, but speaking about that Asian market, Space Sweepers, which is on Netflix, was also nominated for a Hugo Award. If I could talk today, um, it's a Korean film. Um, and it's about space scavengers hunting debris, trying to make money in 2092. I saw the I saw the trailers for it, and I just haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. I haven't either. It sounds interesting. It it's just recently came out. It's it's on my list before Squid Game, which is I know I I like Squid Game a little bit, but I haven't I haven't finished Squid Game either. I'm like I'm a real bad like once I watch something a little bit and it's just the same thing the next day type of thing kind of get bored with it like I, i'm not much into the drama side of things too much i still have a season of chuck to finish <laughs> i love chuck so chuck do is I. freaking great and i don't know if i've ever finished watching chuck either <laughs> my, my problem is i get a I get a show that i really really love and then i know it's ending i can't watch those last you couple just can't episodes finish. I, just can't I get it. it i totally get it um totally get it. and wanda vision Oh, um, love it. Was the last one nominated for long form. 
Uh, and then they go dramatic presentation, short form, and this would be more like single episodes of certain things. So the Wheel of Time, the Flame of Tar Valon. I could not and loved Wheel of Time as a kid. I just I watched a couple of Hey, this is what's going on uh, on like different interview shows and things like that. Uh, and then I watched that first episode, and I was like, oh, it just doesn't jive with what was in my brain when i read the books right i still have not gotten into it it's just i don't know if and I'm i haven't going read to. the books either honestly oh really well as a kid when i read the books and the books as a kid were great i'm sure they were but i like i said i never got into that uh for all of mankind the gray episode i don't know that one arcane which i have watched some of that the monster you created i don't know if i finished that season on yeah that. he's 16 now Oh. The Expanse Nemesis games, and I have finished The Expanse, and it was. In, I couldn't pick the totally individual enjoyable. episode out, but that fantastic show. Yeah, I can't pick the individual episode out for that one either. Loki, the Nexus event, I that was a fantastic episode. That's the last episode I think. I think for, it is, yeah, for Loki, and then Star Trek Lower Decks. We do. We do, I don't know, W-E-J-D-U-J. We do, yeah. It's kind of like a deja vu thing, if I remember correctly, from the Lower Decks. Uh, I have not watched all of Lower Decks yet. I know, I'm a bad There's another season coming out uh, at the end of this month. Or beginning of next month. I forgot what it is is exactly. (sighs) I'm so far behind. Listen, I have so many interests and stuff like that, it's hard for me to stay on top of absolutely everything. So it's just whatever pops out really at me. Um, and a lot of times, unfortunately, like there are several things where well, our only reads through certain things once. That they were totally enjoyable books or tro- totally enjoyable movies or that kind of stuff. It's just I can only do it one time, except for, like I said, my favorite author last uh week when I was mentioning it during my solo episode, his books, I've read every one of his books probably about four or five times all the way through. Nothing wrong with that. At least. Oh, update on that book I was reading. Oh, yeah. Did it finish off better than it? Uh, I deleted it. (laughs) (laughs) It did not finish off any better. (laughs) Like I said, two books in my entire life, Galilee and some other one that I can't remember as as, as a teenager. And I finally threw the book out when I was 42. Uh, I kept it from like 15 until 42, just so I could finish that stupid book, and I finally threw it out. It was absolute crap. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it started out great. I love the premise. You know, people in a utopian world surrounded by a dystopian world. It just turned into a teenage love romance. And it, it's not where I was expecting the book to go, and it... Up to the last five chapters or so, I believe, there's maybe 60, 70 pages left in the book. I just couldn't do it. It was just terrible. I mean, if you're a like a Twilight fan or a romance novel fan, something like what that. What about like the uh, I'm number four? Did you ever read? No. Any of those? Oh. See, that one had a little bit of a love story into it, too, but it really wasn't all that bad. In a book that thick, that much of it's romance so far. Ooh, no. Yeah. No. There was a lot more action and I'm number four, which obviously also made it to some kind of screen, but I don't think I've I've watched it. I don't know. Yeah, it made it to the screen. It wasn't a bad movie. 
you've seen the movie. Uh, yeah, was... I really enjoyed the book. I think the book was better, and I Am Number Four was the first book, and then it went on further from yeah. there. If I had to, if I had to choose something like that, I'd go with Looper. Looper was better, but the yeah, it, it wasn't a terrible action movie because you know it's gonna be oh I love you, you love me, oh gunfire, Woo-hoo. and <laughs> it was so I mean you can get past that, but uh, the Office of Mercy just turned into I mean it just I and that's the problem is well written. All right, I just have no interest in a in, in a in love that, story in that love story. Yeah, just not a romance novel. So, so I'm with you when it comes to that. Like I, I really like the science in my science fiction for the most part. And like not everything has to be in there. So oh, that's going to kind of lead us into our meat and potatoes for today. All right, meaty potatoes. Uh, so again, we're kind of going to go over plot devices from various stories that we have read and thoroughly enjoy. Um, some of these may be fairly old books, like I got one from Larry Niven, uh, who started off in the 70s, wrote his first bro- book, uh, The Moat in God's Eye. Okay. He came out with well, a, did, a new book, that one. The Gripping Hand, which came out in the 90s, which is how I found out his first book. And basically in this one, it's a um, first contact series with a alien species who because of the design and the way he made his um basically like wormhole technology was the way they basically jumped from system to system there the aliens were forced to be stuck on this planet because their wormhole was actually inside their own star oh well that seems like a so bad place humans to keep it. humans came up with a way to be able to survive short time periods inside a star by using like a force field thing. They never developed this force field thing. So they lived millennia upon millennia on this one planet and ran out of resources, had big dios, ran out of resources, had big dios. And they ended up specializing into various different groups, kinda um, like a queen ant and worker ants and that kind of stuff. So they, the aliens themselves specialized in specific type of groups, and they all had like um, three arms in it in this. Oh, that'd be nice and convenient. And this one, and one of them was called their, their gripping arm or gripping hand, so it was the one that they actually used for holding stuff. Um, it was an interesting book and plot line. I really enjoyed the plot line. But, again, that's that. Aliens kind of um, specializing in a specific thing, kind of more like an insect kind of would. Um, but they were like humanized thing, and they first did it a little bit for genetic manipulation on their own selves. Sometimes they were forced to. So was the do hand, it was the third arm a genetic manipulation? Okay, I so can't remember if it was or wasn't, but it sounded like it was, if I remember correctly. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed that series and that book. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have to take a work call here. Nope. Oh, good. Uh, I just make sure that the wife and kid are at the scouts thing, so I got to Okay. I was late to the podcast. We don't talk about that. <laughs> so th- that is my first like plot device, and I really enjoyed the stories behind that, and I won't go into too much stories in it, but that was the plot device, and that's kind of like the example of what I'm, I'm kind of going for. And then you mentioned like a Chinese dystopian future here. Uh, no, I, I gotta, well, yes, kind of, actually. Uh, I gotta go back to Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon. I loved our Altered Carbon. So good. And 
uh, that's another one that had that that uh, that Asian background, that Asian dystopian yeah. background. In uh, the first season, uh, it's on Netflix. Yes, it's on, on Netflix. Netflix. Uh, absolutely, just blew me away. Oh, it's thoroughly enjoyable. Even the it, they only did two seasons, correct? Uh, they finished the second season a couple of months ago, so I I don't they know. haven't come out with this. I, I, I don't know if they're doing a, a third... season three or not. Uh, I don't know if it got as good ratings. Uh, but then again, I mean, it's Netflix. You never know. They, some of their shows, uh, some of their shows are cancel anyway. Yeah. The uh, but their big plot device for anyone who hasn't seen it is uh, it's basically a uh, computer driven brain, uh, which is implanted into the base of the neck, shaped like a little like a vertebrae, you know, like shaped little, like a vertebrae. Yeah. Uh, and if you physically die. Your brain gets saved, like like you're using a backup device, uh, saved to the cloud. And when you die, if you have enough money, because of course that's how it all works, you can be downloaded into a new sleeve. Body. They recall it. Uh, so uh, someone gives up their body. They take their brain. They put it on disc. They store. Or were they cloned illegally? So some people were also cloned in that one as well. Uh, but it wasn't you giving up your. You could sleeve. If you went you to jail, s- you, oh yeah. If you went to jail, they could take your body uh, for certain crimes. You could uh, lease out your body, right? Uh, you for could, money, and people could steal it. They right. could come out and rip out your rip out your your your, your carbon sleeve. brain there, yeah, and in, implant somebody else's. And it's just fantastic. But they have cops that uh, kind of like not time cop, um, but kind of minority on report, kid. yeah. Where they could slip in and out of other bodies in that, and it's just so well shot. Uh, so they use normal like space time travel, right? We travel between worlds, but then it's downloaded regular it. tra- travel. So uh, sublight or right. whatnot. Uh, it's got to be faster than light at some point in time. Somehow the data was transferred at faster than light. The data tra- travels faster than light. So and they kind of they kind of gloss on that. Yeah, they didn't really cover that too well. Now, uh, but you can go from world to world in that one by exactly. basically uploading your stack to stack. Yes, that's exactly the term they use. Thank you. Uh, uh, but yeah, so if you're a cop on world A and you need to be a world B, they just upload you out of that that stack and download you into another one in the police precinct where they have bodies ready for you to go. And that's just and such you can a switch great between idea. male and female yeah. and it was Deal. very interesting. Uh and the rich could never die. Ever. And they have these mega corporations with mega owners. And the storyline's great because it starts off you're completely disoriented on what's going on. And that's great because that's exactly how the the antagonist and protagonist are. Uh, well, the antagonist has a not, not going to ruin it. Watch Just to the remind show. you when you're trying to look at him, you got to look at that camera. So you keep looking at my camera like it's you, but yeah, I got to flip those around. That's Short range right. glasses. Uh, so uh, ultra carbon is one of my favorite. Uh, it's tangentially. Uh, based on a book, well, a short story, really, uh, that came out in the mid-'70s, and I forgot to write down the author, uh, about a ceramic brain. Oh, okay. And the brain, the, a human could live forever with this brain because the brain, the ceramic brain would absorb nutrients. So if you just took the brain and threw it on the ground, 
it absorbed nutrients out of the dirt, out of the ground, out of the grass and everything. And because, you know, it was, you know, not a real brain, it required very, very little. Uh, so in the story, uh, a uh, prisoner's brain is scooped out and tossed onto a deserted island and a deserted planet just left. And a society grows up around that and he ends up coming back. Uh, the brain regenerates a body for him. Uh, and it's, I wish I'd written down the author's name. And That's the name interesting. Of the story. It is a fantastic story. It's just a short story too. Uh, and then so many things have sprung out of that one. It's one of my favorites. Nice. Um, so that kind of goes along with Upload. Uh, upload, is, yes. Uh, Amazon Oops. Prime show. Sorry, uh, everybody. Make a little noise there. He's making a lot of noise that you can hear across both mics. Trying to avoid moving the, the mic while I'm talking. That'd be great. Tell my foot to stop moving. All right. Well, <laughs> that be aside, uh, so Upload is basically something similar in the future where the plot device there is you can upload your brain kind of like Elon Musk style, like what he was trying to, to do with his like Neuralink thing. And you just download your brain after you die, and you can live in the digital world forever. You can't get a new body because they haven't figured out how to re-download you into a new body yet. But they were working on it in the show. I would be perfectly happy living in a digital utopia. Um, yeah, I think that was totally enjoyable, except for the, again, corporation feature of it, where you had to have money in order to live well in a digital future that you actually don't do anything in, and it's just ones and zeros. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, again, try not to spoil anything here. Uh, how you can be put on a limited gig plan, and that just <laughs> the free the free so, gig plan, so yeah. wonderful. <laughs> That was hilarious. And so, I mean, it's so correct. It, it is exactly correct. It's the way it would work, if unfortunately, you, in our society. If you're poor right now, you've probably got Cricket or Prepay or or T-Mobile, something of that nature. And that's exactly how you live like that. You know, I, I've only got two gigs for the month. How do I, how do I, how do I survive? I mean, it, how do I make more money so that I don't have to have only two gigs for the month type of thing? I have a rich girlfriend. Yeah, that's how the show works. All right, so uh, there was another show that was like that too. Do you show or book? No, not off the top of my head. I, I'm sure there's a hundred of them. I'll think. I wrote another one down. Door. Yeah, I know. I wrote another one down to kind of cover that was similar to that, and I can't remember it right now. There's my notes. Uh, so I wrote notes for this week because <laughs> I felt like a heel for not having my notes last time. That's fine. Uh, but they were all actual science things. Okay. Uh, so there was a project in 2006, I believe it was, called the Blue Brain Project. Right. Where they uh, claimed to have mapped an entire rat's brain. Right. Uh, as it turns out, it was a complete lie. <laughs> well, not a complete lie, but... Of course. Yeah, uh, uh, and the... Big enough lie. The gentleman who was in charge of the project ended up getting fired and... So now we're now we're back to where we are. Uh, but that was whole brain emulation, which is what upload is, right? And uh, I would like to volunteer. I have a I have a fantastically large skull, so you have room for wires. Uh, as soon as I'm they're not ready, sure, I would want to live in a digital world type of thing when I'm not sure what the upload capabilities are yet. Well, there's so. You know, I don't want that mental retardation. Yeah, I don't want to be in Pong. 
You're right. <laughs> I also don't want to be in GTA 5, but I don't want to be in Pong. Uh, but there, uh, apparently there's two different kinds of whole brain emulation uh, where the upload happens. There is, well, theoretically, uh, there is a neuron by neuron replacement. Right. Where, and it's over time, but it's brain destructive. So, yeah. Uh, and I have an interesting little graphic here uh, about the absolutely insane complexity of the human brain. Uh, so they go over how much, uh, how many flops. So uh, quick review, a flop is basically a one or a zero, uh, but it's equates to how many transistors is required to make a decision. So is it a one? Is it a zero? Is a flop. Correct. Uh, so here's this nifty little, and I'll send it to Tony so he can put it on the, on the, the on the show, on the show page. Uh, but CPU demand in flops based on how advanced you would like that upload to be. Right. So, Hey Dave, how you doing? I am doing fine versus Hey Dave, how you doing? Oh my God. You wouldn't believe what happened yesterday. The difference in cognitive ability, I guess it would right. be. Uh, 10 to the 15th just for me to acknowledge that there's something there. That is an amazing amount of flops. Uh, and that is 10 to the second power in terabytes. Right. Just for the working memory on that. So, uh, just to, to go, I've been poked. Yes. 200,000 200, terabytes just to be poked. That's and understand crazy. that you actually were poked and that it was an outside device and not something crazy. Yeah, and that's just so uh 10 to the ninth in terabytes of data to heavy what could be considered fully cognizant brain. Uh that's not expected to happen and he, he, that ability is not uh to manage that kind of memory, let alone I mean just having that you know, great. You can develop all those all those SD cards and toss them out there, and everything will be fine. Uh, but to manage that kind of memory, uh, not till twenty sixty three is the estimate, or twenty two sixty three, twenty sixty three. And that's at the current following Moore's law, where yes. you double the memory capacity every yeah the, the computation four capacity years, two years, every other whatever. year. Yeah, every two years. Uh, and the distribution. So in order to have that Jesus cognitive ability. Christ. <laughs> uh, what is it? I gotta look here. Ten to the thirtieth power of flops to be able to do that. That is an absolutely just write ten times one hundred and then put thirty zeros after it. That's insane. <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> just excuse me. Just for the human brain, who would think your little meat machine up there was anywhere near that complex? Of course, that's assuming that it's a one-to-one ratio, right? Neurons versus versus Thing. flops, and that we don't have to account uh, for things like quantum spin and other stuff that our brain would actually well, do. Well, that actually is accounting for that. It is. Yeah, uh, that was. I did. Sorry, I didn't make that clear. Uh, that is include at that maximum level. That includes all the all the different theories going on with. Uh, uh, Spatial gravity, quantum spin, things like that. Uh, that's with all of that information in there, which is why it's such an absolutely insane number. 
But that is assuming that we're not, and it was super great articles. Uh, just uh, look up a whole brain uh, emulation just on Wikipedia. I mean, I never That's recommend assuming Wikipedia we're not to like anybody, but it's fourth dimensional means. Uh, no, it's uh, assuming that we can't do things like compression. Uh, so we do it naturally, automatically. What color? And we are already are compressed that kind of information in our mm -hmm. brain because it really does take compress that and suppress. <laughs> That repetitive action in order to figure things out, like walking and all that stuff, was just stuff that you've done for a long time that you learn to compress that information and follow those routes. Completely separate section of your brain taking care of it. Like, uh, if you were to ask me right now what color the couch I'm sitting on is, right. I couldn't tell you. I know what color it is. It's green. It's the same color of the couch you're sitting on right there, and I can almost see it in my peripheral. Right. Uh, and my arm's actually blocking it right there, so I can't see it. The, uh, but my brain doesn't care because right. it's not part of the immediate surrounding. So when they, that's assuming the, the, that 10 to the 30th is assuming that everything has to be comp computed every, all the time where our brain has all these natural tricks where it's like, yeah, I don't care what color the couch is. We'll deal with the color of the couch where the tiger makes a growl behind me. Right. <laughs> and I got to tell the difference between the couch and the tiger. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that was – I'll give you that graphic later, but it's absolutely amazing. The I'll have to make sure that we that. upload that to the, <laughs> upload. Uh, to the show. Well done. All right. Uh, you have another plot device? Uh, nope. I was too I was too happy about the one that, that, I, that, that you were just covering. All right. Oh, but I do have news. Oh. To add to it, uh, they are starting to announce the cast for the new Fallout uh, TV show that's going to be on Amazon. I didn't realize Fallout was coming to Amazon. Uh, it only got oh. confirmed a couple of days ago. See, and I should have been able to find that in my news stuff. I haven't had a chance to, to follow through. Well, with... Google was like, hey, man, I know how much you love uh, love uh, Fallout. Fallout. Here's a piece of news. I was like, right? oh. And since I didn't spend this last couple of weeks freaking really combing through the data, it didn't like pop up certain yeah, things. Uh, they've only announced the one person, and that was the girl who... Uh, I, I didn't pay attention to who it was. I was too excited about uh, the... Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. I did have another one. Uh, I was too excited that they were just having a Fallout show. Uh, but the other one, sorry, was uh, 2017 Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. All right. So that's the Android. Yeah. I did not even know that show came out. Oh, you didn't? One of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, authors, and I did not even know that show came out. That's mm -hmm. how terrible I am. All right, so other plot devices. So, because that was kind of the story, and we kind of veered off topic yet again, Dave. Thanks. We're going to get a shirt um, that says Captain. Uh, Captain Veer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the next one I wanted to talk about was um, large spaceships. So, let's say we never College solved ships. the, uh, yeah, the um, faster than light travel thing, right? Uh, there was a book I haven't read that much called The Ring. Okay. Um, that their spaceship was 186 million miles across. Oh, I'm sorry, 186 million miles across? It contained a star for the propulsion system to be able to travel through the okay. universe. Okay. And they used that big ring around the star to help direct the star's energy to travel through the galaxies or wherever else it was going to 
news. I might I have to read was, that one because that one's got that my brain, sound really got my interesting. And I hadn't seen that before looking up other plot devices. And I'm like, I'm going to have to read that one myself and see what that one's all about. And that's kind of like Rama from, um, is that Clark? Arthur C. Clarke, or was that? Um, I'm not. The name's not not tickling. Children about. of Rama, or all that kind of stuff. It was like an alien space uh, generation ship that just showed up at Earth, and apparently the people had died on the generation ship ahead of time. I don't know that one. I'll have uh, to look it up. Children of Rama and Rama. Uh, I have to look that up because I don't want to leave that uh, Rama book. What was it called? Here, do, do, do. It was by Arthur C. Clarke. Uh, came out. I've read a lot of Arthur C. Clarke, too. You think I'd know that one? Uh, Render this with Rama. Uh, when did it came out? Published in 1973. So, again, Rama some of my Rama. books I, don't know that I had read that my mom had. Uh, she was a big sci fi person as well. So, I had read a lot of some of these older books. I'm not that old. I was, that was before I was born. Um, but again, it was the um, generationship sh- type thing, and I thought it was very interesting. What do you think about generationships? Is it a plot I, device or the possibility? I think it's a definite possibility. Okay. Uh, the only thing that will hold us back from a from a generationship to go seed into the world is our infighting. Who will be in charge? Who's who's gonna pay, Who's going to pay the most money? What corporate logo is getting plastered on the outside? On the outside of it, right? But that's the whole plot anyway. So <laughs> that ends up being the plots and the stories and how all that works. Yes. What I would think would be cool is in your Rama there, in and that's my science fiction brain running. Are they using the the sun? Are they using a Dyson sphere around the star in order to generate the the energy? Um, I'm going to have to read the book. Now. That was There's, that was not that book. That was the what was it called? The ring. Oh, uh, or, the ring. Sorry. Uh, let me look. See if I can find that. I got it. I got to spell correctly. It'd be much easier. I, I read a couple of years ago an article about Dyson spheres and the crazy amount of resources that would take to. I mean, absolutely insane amount of resources. Uh. To actually build a Dyson sphere, you figure that you have to build the Dyson sphere X amount of miles away from the sun just so it doesn't melt it. Ring world, that's what it was oh, called. Oh, ring world, okay. Again, a 1970s uh, novel by Larry Nevin, which is because I remember the gripping hand. He was the one that wrote the gripping hand, and I saw this and I'm like, I haven't read Ring World yet. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't catch that. Ring Worlds so, is a is is. Have you read that? Uh, I have read the first maybe two books in Ring Worlds, uh, but uh, check that. I've read the graphic novels that were done. okay, uh, and really good. But I didn't. Even, I can't Larry believe Nevin. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ring World. I'm sorry. That was that was the plot device for Ring World. Yeah, the uh, uh, definitely a read. Is it? Yeah, definitely a read. Uh, it is not necessarily more young adult, but it has that coming of age in it. Right. Uh, in the first in the first novel, and worth it. All right, I, I definitely want to check. And you don't that skip out. the last sixty pages because it's all kissy face. Have you read anything by Peter F. Hamilton? Not that I'm aware of, but I'm terrible with author names. So the Neutrino Alchemist. No. 
So intriguing name though. The the plot device of this is an basically you know understand the uh earth like Gaia type theory like thing yep. like everybody alien Gaia. Okay. All right. It goes hand in hand with the regular one anyway. That- right. The aliens break out of Gaia or out of their their death little um purgatory type thing be uh, because they didn't actually move on from whatever, and they start going in and basically uh, reanimating corpses, reanimating um, recently dead people to expand throughout the universe to finish taking over the universe. In this very interesting plot device that you don't really realize that's really the plot device for um, his show, his book series in the first book. I think really okay. Uh, and I gotta write that one down. Does that sound? It's very interesting, very enjoyable. Um, I I love that book by Peter F. Hamilton. Sorry, fans, but that sounds good. <laughs> no, um, and there's a lot more that happens with that than than not. Is that me playing music? All right, skip trial, stop. Oh, no, now you got to do karaoke. No. <laughs> Episode five. No, I hate special. my freaking phone and Pandora. <laughs> no free shout-outs to Pandora or who sang that song, but um, we're going to just drop it there. So I'm sorry that you My glasses that. right here? Yes. Are Bluetooth enabled. Nice. So when you put them on, a normal-size head, they turn on, and it'll automatically turn on whatever I was playing last. But on my giant cabeza here... It stretches the bows out far enough that where the sensors are right here, don't touch my skill. So I actually so have to push in on it. Realize that you're putting it on your face. Oh, this time they did. No, they just turned on. But the, uh, yeah. So it'll turn the music on and off automatically. I totally understand. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So I thought that was a very interesting couple of plot devices there. I like that. Uh, I actually went back the other day. And started reading the Dragon Riders of Pern again. Love it. <laughs> I was sitting there, I was explaining to my kid what it was because my kid, sorry when you see this eventually and sometime in your life when you're like, who was my dad? Uh, has absolutely no interest in reading. My wife and I are avid readers, voracious for her. So I have one kid that won't read and the other one will. So I mean, hey, it does depend upon 50 50. Yeah. Congratulations. I got the wrong 50 half there. Uh, he just has absolutely no interest in reading. And I was like, hey, here's a really cool book. You should read this. Uh, and he's like, I'm not reading that. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm reading it. But the only thing he's really read was uh, Scorch Runner's Maze. Right. Uh, he read the majority of that series. And I was really surprised. because, Well, the one that doesn't read will read. But he'll read like uh, animated comics type of thing. Like he loves the Naruto. And that kind of stuff. Well, we were like, you have to find a book. And you have to do oh, it. Oh, we have forced so, his feet to the fire on books. But he's never read got, for enjoyment. Gra- graphic novels. That's the only thing I can get my kid to read because there wasn't a lot of words in there. And he loves reading. And he'll go out and we'll go and buy more graphic novels from him because that's what he enjoys reading. Well, my wife being a teacher. Your wife's a teacher, isn't she? No. I thought she was. She's a vet tech. Why did I think your wife was a teacher? Because you're mental. Oh, that's true. The... Uh, <laughs> I think it's because most people I know's wives are teachers, so I automatically assume it. The uh, hush, 
now the glass is just turned off. Two minutes off the head. The uh, what oh, uh, so my wife being a teacher finds graphic novels offensive to her. Like not like they have offensive content. No, offensive because they they're not just all words. There's pictures. Oh God. <laughs> I'm not saying my wife's an elitist. She is about books. But like I I love comic books. Uh, I'm not huge on comic books, but I I do like the manga a little bit more and some of that stuff. It's just a little different when you're flipping backwards from everything else you read through. I remember when I first those. went to Japan and I sat down and I was like, oh, a book. What is going on? I mean, other than the fact it was in Japanese and I don't read Japanese, even after two years in Japan, the uh, I'm looking at him like, what's going on? And then I realized I had the book backwards. It's like, oh, there are few times in your life when you look in the mirror and go, you're a dumbass. <laughs> nice. Glad that was one of them. Yes, but oh, God, the food. All right. So did you have another plot device you wanted to cover? Because I still got several more. You okay. carry on then. I'm just going to uh, What do you think about uh, water, uh, water World and the melting of the ice caps and creating this dystopian future? You know what? As much as it's going to annoy some people, I love the movie. I did like the movie as well. What do you think of it as a plot device, though? As a plot device, I'm thinking of buying a scuba suit. <laughs> You think it's fairly accurate? Uh, for people who aren't from this area, I live on an island. And it's not fancy. It's not like that. I live on my own island. It's right not a real island. Don't let them fool you. It's an island. There, it, there's water on it. It's surrounded by water, but it barely qualifies as an island. It has it has the same land mass as Manhattan. Okay, good. Manhattan's an island. It's also in a river. Yeah. It just we only have twenty thousand people as opposed to eight million. All right, all right. But anyway, uh, so we live in the Niagara River, which is in between Lake Ontario and Lake Erie. For people who don't know where they are, ooh, I forgot about my announcement, but that reminds okay. me. But go ahead. Uh, so things like you know increasing sea levels and all that really should worry me because I live on an island. I'm, that honestly, island not. also sits about 800 feet above sea level. It is, uh, yeah, it's actually pretty close to that. I think it's like 580 or something like that. Yeah, it's but, 600 I mean, feet, whatever yeah, it was. No quibbling there. It's, it's the length of the Niagara Falls yes. height and a little bit further because they actually where the falls fall down, it still also goes downhill yep. all and the way to Lake Ontario. I live in the in the middle of the island, you know, the, the not fancy part of the island, which is like another 60 or 70 feet up. Right. And then my house is actually on a little hill. So when I look out, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. But when, if, when, if, we, when <laughs> the polar ice caps finish melting and the seas shift and, and all that, I think we're going to be okay. Well, we will in Western New York. You know, it, that's going to be Western New York. Most of parts of the Canada that are around here are going to be fine. The only thing I really worry about in that is erosion. Uh, and I know that they dammed the the, the, the the river and they reinforced Niagara Falls. But they did that so they didn't have to move the tourist attractions. They also did it so they didn't actually wouldn't lose your island a little bit too. Well, the so my grandparents were the caretakers at Old Fort Niagara for 30 years. Right. And if you look at some of the pictures they have, uh, well, some of them are actual photos, but the majority of them are paintings. The Horseshoe Falls wasn't horseshoe-shaped. Well, uh, it moved like 
eight miles in just a couple of years uh, because it hit a soft spot and then just shot back. And that's what that was the impetus for reinforcing the falls. The so the only thing I really concern myself with is sea levels rise. The amount of water that's going to come down the Niagara River through St. Lawrence is going to be exponentially higher. Yeah, but I mean, it's not going to come all the way up to the falls itself. The water goes somewhere. It, it does, but it won't go all the way up that. Like I said, where the falls actually hit and the the where it actually gets oh, to Ontario, it's another hundred foot way. drop. I'm I'm talking almost. about water from from the ocean just flowing in naturally down 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 the river. Right. Uh, it may affect the uh, whirlpool, though. The uh, yeah, I'm not worried about the bottom part of the falls though. That's that's Niagara Falls's problem. <laughs> A little Niagara Falls could wash away would be all right. The, uh, no, I'm just I'm I'm just talking about the amount of uh, uh, gallons per minute going down the river is going to change from you know whatever it is now to because you've got if the if the ocean is higher, all that water is now. So if this is the level of the bank now and the water comes up to here, the amount that has to sorry flow about is strange fucking tangents, guys. But Captain Tangent, we are. I'm going to stay on this one until I figure out where the fuck we're going. All right. So if, <laughs> if I have a glass of water, right, right, and the glass is this full, uh-huh. and the lip of the, and it's just a little, the water's just coming out. If I okay. then increase the amount of water, all that water has to come out faster. But you're not increasing water unless you're dumping more water into Lake Erie. Yes, which you'd be doing from the St. Lawrence Seaway coming down from the ocean. How the St. Lawrence Seaway does not connect to Lake Erie. Are you sure about that? Is that not why it was built? No, you're That's the canal. That's all the, that the Erie Canal in. doesn't connect correctly, and there's a bunch of fucking locks and a I bunch know. of drops. And again, that doesn't apply to Lake Erie sits above sea fucking level. So the only place you would get more water coming past fucking your little island will be Same as Manhattan. Will be the additional rainfall that may be caused by uh, having additional water vapor into the air. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Thanks. Now my island's gonna be even rainier. I'll, um, I'll do some. But, I'll do but some other research than that, and, and I don't. I, I don't think that's the way it works, man. Because it's again, Lake Erie sits not a hundred percent above lake level or uh, sea level, but I think it's pretty much a hundred percent above sea level. Uh, we are. The escarpment and all that, the whole area is... This whole area is, but I'm talking about the depth of Lake Erie because it's only 60 feet, right, at the deepest? Oh, Lake Erie? Oh, God, no. no Lake Erie deep? is ridiculously deep. How deep does it get? Uh, Most of it averages only 60 feet. Well, the average, yeah. Uh, but the middle of Lake Erie... No, I don't want to use that one because I have my other note on there. Doesn't matter. We'll look it up later. The... Uh, but I'm not talking about the bottom of the lake. I'm talking about the top of the lake. Top of the lake isn't going to touch the sea. That's what I'm saying. We'll look it up. We're going to go with Tony is right right now because he probably is. Because I really don't ever think about my island flooding. <laughs> anyway, right. uh, plot devices I that don't have. have to do with strange water. Oh, scares. and I accidentally backed off it. Man, I had another one. Darn it. I had one. I, I yeah, accidentally yeah. backed off it. You had a bunch, though. Hurry on with the next one. Uh,. What was the the next one? All right, corporate dystopian world today. Okay, cool. So there, we're gonna talk there's about, a lot of them. <laughs> we're gonna talk about current terms. <laughs> uh, but I was talking more like um, stuff like in the last the lost star or like 
there's a couple like mercenary things that I've read that were set in these corporates have taken over the stars type of thing and um well I mean we've that got, was an interesting we've got giant plot penis devices. rockets right now vying for the moon uh, oh, yeah I gotta I get in on that I, I at this point in time I just unless I get a new body I don't think I really want to go out in outer space oh no no I just want to get in shit. on it financially I'd, oh financially you should have did that a while ago like I, I was telling people in like Twitter 2000 the other day to to like invest in kind of like you see Elon Musk made 800 million dollars by buying 9.5% of Twitter yes in one day yes if i had known that he was going to buy 9.5% obviously of the day before everybody would have bought in on it <laughs> everybody would have just made him even in. more money all right yeah the uh uh, asteroid mining as a plot device. No, I that, actually enjoy those kind of things. Uh, when I went into the short haircut, wearing lots of green job, uh, was right when Armageddon released to HBO, I think it was. Okay. And I remember sitting there in the barracks, uh, locked down for our first uh, typhoon, and getting second typhoon and watching Armageddon like eight times because there was nothing else to do. Man, I love that movie. I liked Armageddon. I don't know if I would watch it eight times. I mean, it was you've decent, been stuck on a boat. You know how it goes. I I I know. I was in the Navy <laughs> at one point in time, and I don't mind talking about that. But uh, yeah, that's just I don't know that and Deep Impact. I mean, uh, they were Deep pretty Impact. much the, right same at the same time. Same. Yeah, show and I enjoyed them both. I thought those were great plot devices as far as. Then you get the reverse. You got core where they got to go to the center of the earth. Right. Uh, a deep impact was center of the earth too, wasn't it? No, deep impact was the center of the asteroid to oh, destroy yeah, the asteroid. Yeah. Uh, but as a plot device, I think that's great. I mean, we're going to be doing asteroid mining. There's no way around it. There has to be. Like, I mean, it's cheaper than than lifting the stuff off of the planet to get what's interesting things into space. What's interesting is what that's going to do to the price of our markets. So, like, the big market, people are always like, oh, gold and silver. No. Cobalt is where you want to be buying. But you see, but gold, if we can find large amounts of gold instead of copper wires, we'll just go to gold wires. So it would drop the price, but it would still be valuable enough that it it won't be. I think it would be like diamonds where it's an artificial market. The... uh, Diamonds are not rare at all. Uh, people just it, De Beers has managed to to hold so much of the diamond supply that they just like here's a diamond, here's a diamond, here's a diamond. So, but they're not they're not rare. It's a and they're utilized, but they're also not all crystal clear either. Like no. most of them are used in industrial purposes, and, and now, they just grind away stuff. It, uh, last year, I believe it was the uh, the difference between a uh, man-made diamond and a naturally formed diamond is so... It's almost it, impossible to yeah. tell any longer. So uh, it doesn't matter anymore anyway. But what I'm getting at is even if we did decide to go asteroid, or when we go asteroid mining, are we going to, as a species, be like, well, no, gold's still super cool. We're going to keep that price really high. Because, you know, People like shiny things. It's part of the human shiny things. It's part of the human condition. I don't I see it going things. away. I keep seeing your mouse, and I'm like, ooh, cool. Yeah, cool red little <laughs> shiny mouse. I mean, it's it's not that shiny, but whatever. Oh, well, it's pretty shiny. The lights uh, well, right. yeah, I showed it to ooh. where they, they got the lights going off of it on the camera there. <laughs> the uh, But I think 
I, I'm really curious. First off, I would love to be an asteroid miner. Right. I mean, peeing in my suit's not cool, but <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I would love to be an asteroid miner from from Armageddon because you know, like you got Rockhound and all that. I, I'd love to be in that situation. Uh, I mean, I could just go offshore oil drilling if I wanted, and it's the same thing. That's really what they were talking about. But the uh, where's that going to change our our uh, our markets? Are we going to be hey? Are we? Just Who knows? Investing? I mean, but that's the same thing. Like our our job markets have been changing as robotics, and that's what's predicted by sci-fi is slowly taking over a lot of our jobs, um, and that's going to continue to do so, particularly as we get more and more advanced robotics out there. I mean, they in Japan they have them acting as frontier our front desk reception people oh did you just uh there was just a uh article on uh, the robotic child did you see that one i did not oh it's creepy it's absolutely creepy the uh it can show i believe it was nine expressions it was nine or 12 expressions is that when the ai learned everything yeah. on its own type of thing yeah it's creepy yeah, uh, I mean that. I mean, this is coming. Like that's uh, that's another plot device. What happens when AI takes over the world? Oh, maybe I don't have to go to work. <laughs> or um, oh, that's a plot device, actually. Yeah. Well, uh, so again, we're gonna harken back to the to, mic a little. But. Oh, sorry. It's either under my chin or too far away. The uh, <laughs> tell I'm not a professional. The uh, uh, so Star Trek Online. Touch mm -hmm. on that real quick one once again because again I love it. Uh, uses energy credits, right? So they they had to figure out how how are you going to buy things in a video game about a world that doesn't have money. And what they did was they introduced the energy credit. Sure, they don't have money, but yes, they introduced it to us because that was something that corporations needed us to continue to get used to even in this dystopian future for them utopian future for us <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's a fantastic idea because i mean above and beyond the fact that you're never going to have everything for free that's just but that really was even reasonable. true even when it was trying to be more utopian under Gene Roddenberry, like he realized he still had to trade certain goods or services in order to get other goods or services, even in this right. uh, utopian But his feature. idea was between the Federation and other other rivals, not in Federation. Like everyone should just be able to grab whatever and, they and want. And the, the Federation. But even then, you still had to trade work. your knowledge or skills to be able to do and what you wanted. Credit. So the energy credit is basically a. Uh, value of what you can put into the to the world, like if I am an engineer, uh, I produce X amount of energy into this into the system uh, through my knowledge and through my hard work. The and it's a great idea where if I have a house in the middle of the country and I am not putting anything into the system. Uh, like I'm literally not like I'm not growing food or anything like that. I'm just sitting on my couch reading books. I am only taking f energy from the from the network. What use am I to the rest of the world? Why am I getting anything out of it? Right. Uh, I think it's a great plot device because it means that you have to do something. No matter what it is, you have to do something. You have to. Well, realistically, that's the way it would have to work anyway, because we really couldn't. The whole world can't sit on its butt. 
I mean, that would be idiocracy right there. I mean, the whole world just being um, sitting there just getting free stuff. I mean, what's the incentive to work? There is none. Why would you? Why would you? I mean, some of us are, you know. And as human beings, we need that to be able to keep um, basically to keep ourselves alive because look at how many people like they retire and they're dead within a few years just because they don't do anything yeah, to keep nothing left to do entertained like or do anything else the matrix yeah uh you gotta you gotta fake it till you make it <laughs> if if people don't have anything if you give them a utopia they'll rebel against utopia because they got nothing better to do all right keep them busy uh what's yet well i know you got another one. Oh, i i did have a couple more and i'm just trying to think Gauge how long the episode is going to be. How far off tangent I'm going to go. That's what he's thinking. It's like, oh, man. And, and, and that is <laughs> definitely an issue with you, Dave. <laughs> Captain Tangent. I Tell know, him you can get a shirt I made. Uh, uh, I might. All right. Uh, what is another good one that I want to cover that I could probably keep relatively short? Um, how about warp drives? What do we mm. think of that as a plot device? I think that is Love more and plausible Love and based hate. on the more recent science than um, other things, other than maybe possibly a wormhole device. I love them because they get us places. I hate them because I think it's lazy writing sometimes. And I think that because of The Expanse. If The Expanse, if I had not seen The Expanse and seen how well they do sci-fi, Hard sci-fi. Yeah, but they still did the wormhole thing. Yeah, but that was late. That was... And, that was wormhole thing. And and it wasn't as late as... Well, it's season three or four, isn't it? It is season three or four, but it was always part of the plot device for The Expanse, which was alien Well, yeah, but it was aliens, though, you know? Uh, it's like Mass technology. Effect, where we never came up with it. It was something we inherited from aliens. Uh, I think when... Like Star Trek, I love it. I love the, I love the even though they are super inconsistent with their with their warp drives. The because they're trying to keep science into it. I understand that a little well, bit. One day we can only do warp five point five because we start breaking down space, and then the next day everyone's doing warp nine just to oh I got to get pizza. <laughs> Consistency's all I'm asking. But I, I get that. But let's let's say um, it's fast. The internet goes. Now, when I started the internet, it was only uh, 12. 36K modem? No, I think I was only getting 12.4 because I was out oh, in the boonies. Oh, damn. Out in the freaking boonies. At least I started with a 36K. I had a 56.6K modem, but I was only getting 12.4 baud. So, US, and, and for US you robots. youngins, you have no idea what I just fucking said. Um, One picture, <laughs> 10 minutes. Something like that. And that is a low-res picture for you guys. Oh, that's like ASCII characters. I mean, <laughs> Yeah. So um, to one gigabyte. I mean, literally, we had hardware things. We had understanding limitations on stuff. So once we get past that and we learned how to do something, as humans, that's always been part of our thing. And then all of a sudden, we can do it. I, I can't wait. I mean, ion drives are a thing, uh, which is, I mean, in every sci-fi, it's been ion drives, and then, bam, warp drive comes up next, and I can't wait for because that. Because, honestly, ion drives are the are the most efficient device 
for traveling interstellar inside the 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 actually inside our own solar solar system thing interplanetary I should say um, until we literally can come up with that next warp drive type of thing. Yeah, it, I think it's great. I just after watching the expanse, I'm like, well. Why? Why are we just being lazy and just going poop poop? There we are. We're over there. What about fusion reactors? I mean, honestly, the longest we've had a fusion reactor going for is about thirty six seconds, which is great. I mean, ten years ago, I would have said you still wouldn't have a fusion reactor working for twenty years because that's yeah. always the on fucking going joke. Ten years, ten years, ten years, ten. It's years. always twenty years down the road. Uh, I am super pumped about that. I can't. I mean, uh, so a guy I know. Tangent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wants me to invest into a startup business uh, using a, what is basically a fusion reactor, uh, but it is super short-lived. The science is there. There's a company that's already working on it, but basically they turn garbage into glass. Uh, it creates a fusion reaction that's only instantaneous, but it zaps big chunks of garbage into small chunks of glass just breaks it down to elemental components and they turn it it's not actually glass but it's a uh, glass crystalline structure yeah what uh, it's like when you magnetize something yeah uh and i'm seriously considering it but sounds interesting i just don't see the the actual expense being done currently the only problem is cost of the electricity yeah, the the That's equipment itself problem. the 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 equipment itself is relatively inexpensive. So his idea, oh, I shouldn't even talk about this. I don't even know if I should be talking about this. Uh, his idea is very good. I'll talk to you about it off camera. The, uh, but as far as fusion reactors go. Oh, that's a great plot device itself. <laughs> Finally figured out how to shut them up. Just remember, hey, you might make money with this. Shut up. Uh, no. <laughs> Actually, I don't want someone to lose money off it by, right. me, telling, by me talking about it out loud there. The uh, fusion reactors are a fantastic idea because, I mean, look at look at the Chernobyl TV show. Right. And now you do it with a fusion reactor, which is completely safe and can never happen like Chernobyl. But what if it got, like, taken over by aliens or but stolen by another? Could have. I mean, the other... Um, popular fusion device which they're building a new one here it still has beta radiation um basically it's, uh what do you call it like leftover material and well it. the but the which problem still is breaks you, down because you take the tritium and the deuterium and you still end up with extra neutrinos and extra yeah, but it's a cup full and it's not it's not it's not nearly as bad as you think it is. You bury it in a couple of hundred thousand gallons of water for a couple of years and it de-energizes. Still has it. And so. you can't have a, a reactor meltdown because you have to add energy, in, not in a fusion reactor, it's not how it works. You have to add energy to sustain the, the fusion reaction. And if the power goes out, it's done. It shuts itself down. It's not, it, there's no runaway. It's not like it's not like a fission reaction, where you have to add energy to stop the reaction. In fusion, it's the other way around. You have to add energy to continue the reaction. And as soon as that shuts off, the reaction can't sustain itself. It shuts down. In a fission, you have to it it keeps going, 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 and you have to physically pull it apart in order for it to to shut off. Right. So it is thousands of times safer 
with thousands of times less material being used. But basically, I thought the idea was to not continually add energy in the form of electricity, more add energy by continuing to add deuterium or tritium to the device so that it keeps self-reacting. And once you stop the flow of those, well, yes, that but, would uh, stop the reaction. You're adding that energy into the system by... That that the mechanical forces of that are run by electricity, but it's less than what it produces. Right. Uh, the uh, I don't want to get into that tangent. Explaining pulse wave technologies. All right. Off. So let me end this episode here because <laughs> we are really going to get off topic if I let Dave tangent. keep going on this. Uh, I do want to. Again, thank you guys for listening and subscribing. I was really impressed with my numbers that came out. Uh, I do want to mention that uh, I will be able to do semi-meet and greet. Like, I'm not getting um, a booth or anything at the Niagara Falls Comic Con, but I'm going really? to be going to Niagara Falls Comic Con. You should be able to recognize me by the shirt that should have the sci-fi update on there. What's the date? Plus, I will look for it. I will be going on June 4th. So Niagara Falls Comic Con, which should have William Shatner in it and a lot of our favorite sci-fi actors and all that kind of stuff in there. We'll be running June 3rd, 4th, and 5th in this year. I will be – I already bought tickets uh, on the 4th. It is up in Canada, so make sure that if you're going up to Canada, you did your whole – um, COVID thing that they were requiring. There's an app for that type of thing. Make sure you do all that kind Arrive of stuff. Arrive Can is the is the is, app. Is the app. Um, I have started setting it up, but you I, don't, I don't plan on going up to Canada any longer. As of the first, you any don't other. have to be tested prior to going. Right. You you have to show proof of that kind of stuff, so you can show all that proof ahead of time using yeah. that Arrive Can app. Either your uh, vaccinations or your exemptions. And your negative tests if you're exempted or something like that, don't you? Uh, so you have to test negative I don't if you're know not about vaccinated that because we're all vaccinated. So I did. Yeah, I, I didn't really pay any attention. The wife to that just either. went to Canada last weekend, so I didn't want to put false information out there. Arrive can just arrive can is the uh, the app. All right, I want to thank you again for listening. Like, share, let uh, other people know about us. There were still a lot of plot devices I know we missed, and you're probably. <laughs> Screaming at your might be my fault <laughs> at your radio right now, but we also went off on a couple of tangents here, and I don't want to lose the show any further than we already have, and turn what would be an hour and a half show that we're at almost right now oh, really? to wow. it's a little over oh an hour and seventeen minutes is what it shows right now, but after some editing, it'll be down to about an hour and fifteen, hour and twenty minutes somewhere around there. Take a lot of my tangents out. All right. Uh, no, we're not going to cut tangents. I don't do any of that. Um, hopefully, the video comes across a little better here on YouTube. I have changed what I'm recording at, so maybe I won't get lost frame rates on my laptop. If not, I really will need to upgrade my laptop, and I really can't afford to do so. So whatever I get here is probably the best I'm going to be able to do for future YouTube stuff. So if you're following me on YouTube and you don't like it, let me know, and I may just drop doing the YouTube portion of it. Um, but I'm so pretty. Uh, yeah, we're both so very pretty. All right. Uh, so thanks for listening, and till next time. <laughs>